<laughs> I'm trying to throw John off today. Yeah, <laughs> it. it wasn't that hard. I mean, but you guys all know how it is when you're working on something and it's not done. So I've got like wireless gear, like ubiquity wireless gear, like ready to get taken out and oh, assembled. Yeah, you're, and yeah, you're ready for action. You're yeah, setting like, up your own ISP, right? I don't right? want to do the news. I'm just like, well, there's stuff over there and uh, I get to use a chainsaw. That's the type of work that I'm doing. I have to fell some trees to get a clear line of sight from the closet with the, uh, with the uh, fiber optics down to the shop where I'm teaching my class. So. Mm. Do you just fell trees with your glare, like piercing glare, or do yeah, you like... It doesn't work. Yeah, they, <laughs> don't, they, don't, they don't care. Do what sands course covers this? Uh, felling of trees. The only, I think the only sands course that ever covered cutting down trees was sands 504 when I taught it. It used to be, I don't know if you guys remember, but a long time ago in Metasploit, if you were in a shell from an interpreter ses session and you hit control C, it actually terminated your entire interpreter session. Mm -hmm. And I always say that that's kind of like, you know, putting your ladder up on a limb, going up on a ladder with a chainsaw and then chopping off that limb. And then I tell the story of the time that I actually did that and fell into like a snowbank. And I was like, that is the dumbest effing thing I've ever done. <laughs> and I'm glad no one saw it. And my wife came out the door and yelled, I totally saw that. <laughs> now we, Sadly, we this is in the days before security cameras captured all these moments for violence. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, it's on the ring where he cut himself oh, horribly. I will <laughs> never cancel my ring subscription now. <laughs> You'll never cancel it. It's worth too many I am, I am law enforcement moments. now. I'd like yeah. to make a request. <laughs> you don't even have to be. You just make the request. They'll give it to you. Yeah, they'll get it. They'll get it for you. Um, but yeah, that's that was the chainsaw story that was in 504. I didn't get into trouble for that one. But I got in trouble for other stories, which we can talk about on the other side of the crooked finger. Ooh. Bring it on in, Ryan. Oh, Okay, I guess it's me. Um, hello and welcome, everybody, to another edition of Black Hills Information Security, talking about news. In this particular edition, there's all kinds of breaches, all kinds of botnets, all kinds of crazy things going on. Um, we'll go through those stories here in a little bit, but I have an illustrious cast that has joined me in wonderful 1080p. We have Ryan making us look good and at times smell good. Uh, we have Chris has joined us. I do that, but okay. I look so confused, dude. Just roll with it. Uh, Mike is with us again. Mustache and Wade is with us. The data herder is here. What is that? Chambucara? Chambucha? Chambucha? It's Chambucha from Dr. Brew. It's not kombucha. It's Chambucha? Don't question it. It's probiotic. It helps your security. Very healthy. Yes, yes, yes. It's not just sugar, okay? Yeah, kombucha is a lonely man's game. It'll clean you out, leave you feeling hollow inside, like drain Uh Jennifer is with us as well. I got uh, just calling on her as she's taking a drink, which is great from the Secure Ideas family. So big shout out to Secure Ideas. Um, we're so happy that you're here and Kevin is not. Um, we also I have, really. By the way, Jen Jennifer, did you know that today is Kevin's birthday? Oh, I have to make sure to call him as you soon should, as I'm done with should. this. Yeah, and everybody right. who is listening to this live, Darth Kevin, it's his birthday today. Send him um, a cake. Sure to let Kevin know that you wish him a happy birthday. Uh, BSD, semi-regular semi -regular guest host, let's call that, is with <laughs> us as well. And John Hammond is with us as well. 
in his amazing like dark room. I just yeah, I know. I it's, it. it's, it's so dark. Yeah, it, the void that I is that the is, void. I, like I can't it. remember. Is that zero 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 zero? Like what is that black color? Um, is it like it's all zeros? Are we talking no, RGB or hex? Your your chroma key is on point. It is very solid if it was any darker it would be a singularity and we would not yeah. be able to you escape should start it. like a youtube channel or something would go well though like that i don't know i don't that's know true. So people want to see the background there you know? they want to yeah. see the background you got this, roger this is the background that, that is <laughs> black wall he's from a black hole they ran a cow far back is it really did you, did you get vanta black is it like is it like vanta black that like the blackest yeah. color ever? yes they have a whole advertisement i, I can just see him getting up and running into like the hall like just, just <laughs> he just keeps running going just back keeps further going. and further yeah. like all right well he's definitely good <laughs> yeah cloud cloud kicker said great seeing you at defcon john and i know that that's you and not me because i'm an old man and i've, I've completely filled up my defcon so i have no more defcons look at look at my field there's no more defcons to give you should anymore. go but you should go incognito like yes. in a costume oh, yeah. where i'm hang out with jack yes hang out with costumes. jack the whole time and do not like just use a different name It'd be I like was thinking more like Michelin Man, you know, like an actual costume. Okay. You know, if, if we did that all in costumes, and then everybody at the end of DefCon would like, like take off their costumes, I'd be like the Val Kilmer of Batman. Yeah. They'd be like, <laughs> is, he, is he famous for something? This is like it's like the masked <laughs> hacker, like the masked singer. That but, guy. I, I don't <laughs> know. I should do what Brian Cranston did when he went to one of those Comic Cons. He he got a mask made of of Walter White. And he yeah, went and he was there pretending with to be a Walter and White guy. It, that he was walked through and he pulled it off. After. It was so good. It was so wow. good. So, um, and apparently we have stories today on September 11th. I did want to take a few seconds and just call out: it is September 11th, as a lot of people, as a lot of people are painfully aware. And yes, we are doing the show. I can't remember. I was watching a show and it was talking about you know you don't want to shut your entire life down because of bad things uh, that happened and. Uh, my my great aunt, you know, talking about September 11th and bad things and all this stuff. Uh, she's kind of like a grandmother for me because I lost my grandmother my, on my mom's side when I was like one, and she's always been a surrogate grandmother. And whenever she had children, she lost three children in one car accident. A drunk driver came up on the street, uh, came up off the street, hit the curb, and killed three of her children all in one shot. It was very very hard on her. It was very traumatic, but. The whole life that I remember with her was she was always vibrant, always very happy, always just so exuberant. And one of the things she said, and I think it sticks with me constantly anytime anything bad happens, especially with something like September 11th and those types of things, is we have to be happy now because we will have to be sad again. And that was a quote that always stuck with me. And uh, I think that we have to continue moving on. We have to continue doing the best we can. Uh, because eventually something else bad will happen, and we'll deal with that as we did with September 11th. So no, we are doing the show uh, today. So I know that in the past, whenever we've done shows or webcasts, there's been some people that are offended, and I don't want to say that those people are wrong. We totally understand that. And um, one of the things I think is important whenever we're looking at computer security is trying to understand just how important computer security actually is and how it ties into this greater thing that we joke about on a weekly basis, all right? So whenever we're looking at September 11th, right, wrong, or indifferent, however you look at it, after September 11th, I have to go through uh, like a scanner with my children, and I have to explain to my, had to explain to my children as they grew up, uh, safe touch, bad touch, good touch, and TSA touch to small children. And that's something that bothers me. 
And I use that as an example because I want you to understand that what we do in computer security is incredibly important. Because if we screw up in computer security, if we ever get to a situation where there is a cyber attack, where there's a tremendous loss of life on the scale of like September 11th, and people joke about cyber 9-11 or those types of things, that is absolutely a possibility. That is absolutely a real thing that could happen. If that happens, we're then going to have a bunch of people, bureaucrats from around the world that try to solve this problem for us. And I'm not worried about any like tyrannical governments or parties or anything as it exists today per se, but my fear is the solutions that they put into the problems don't actually make us more secure whenever we get onto an airplane. They don't make things better and safer for my children whenever they pat down a 13-year-old girl in front of, his, in front of her parents and I can't do a damn thing about it. It doesn't make anything safer for me because I travel way more than I really, really should. And I have been fondled multiple times in inappropriate ways. And I'm a dude. And I can only imagine what that's been for some women out there. I can only imagine what would happen if we actually fail at this thing of computer security, at what we do in computer security. And we fail in such a way that people who do not understand technology, people that do not understand cyber risks, people that do not understand hacks at all, step in to solve these problems for us. So while we joke about things like today, while we remember the people that we lost, and I lost friends on September 11th, and I know a lot of you lost friends, the worst thing that we can do is stop the fight. The worst thing that we can do is continue to allow things to slip and get in infosec theater solutions that don't actually solve any of our problems. So yes, I wanted to take a few moments to acknowledge and honor the friends and family members that many of us lost on September 11th. But at the exact same time, I want us to remember that we have to be happy today because someday we're going to have to be sad again. We have to work hard today. We have to do the best we can in computer security today because we're trying to foresaw disaster that we're going to have to deal with in the future. So with that, let's get back to this regularly scheduled show. Let's try to bring things off the floor. And I the good news is, this week, we're stars. not talking about Cyber 9-11. We're talking about a hilarious email thread. <laughs> <Let's move laughs> it's a reply all. Mm -hmm. all right. What is said hilarious I love these. These are my favorite stories, because I've gotten plenty hands-on with these in the government it is so much fun like okay. not to be tell us about it tell us about it to no, give it to john it is, it's john's yeah so uh, yeah uh, yeah so this is this is really john's story right but uh the at not you john other john wrong john oh the, the other john, john. yes oh, okay. yes john's like oh no, oh, I swear this is totally this is not confusing. John <laughs> so if you want to take off with this, John, with the uh, please, please, out. please tell us. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I'll do my best. Well, hey, yeah, there was some um, funny, silly shenanigans. And I think oopsie uh, <laughs> well, started this week or last <laughs> week. Time is a yeah. Today's Monday. That's the thing. Uh, no, we uh, a friend of mine, a colleague and a peer uh, received an email from AT&T. There was just some like regularly scheduled maintenance program update stuff. Um, and they just thought it was odd because i don't know they didn't really expect that for one thing and then they kind of got to see the two field in the email uh and it looked like a really interesting email address because it was do not use pod one non n-o-n 
and it's like, huh, <laughs> odd to see an email address from do not use pod one. <laughs> so, uh, curious, innocent human, uh, human curiosity says, well, can I email that? email address and they did and they say i don't know is anyone else going to receive this is this is just a test hey i'm sending out some feelers how many folks get this email um and it suddenly <laughs> spawns this snowball effect of you know the reply all storm that you can liken to i'm sure you've seen in i don't know maybe horror stories of microsoft bedlam or just in any of your own co uh, corporate office environments where you folks are saying why am i on this email list please remove me from this email list and, and then it just everyone paradox yeah. My, my favorite one is in the in like the government when or like in the military when someone like really high up puts all caps do not reply to this email like this is somehow going to solve the problem like this this is it they got it all right we're all going to stop here it's so funny. i i had one of those in a pen test that i sent in and uh like the ceo got it and he responded to everyone in the company and said absolutely do not click the link in this email it is an attack and I got like four more people. It was, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> no. We had um, a couple of the like support tickets from different companies like respond to it and say, hey, your request has been received. We'll get back to you in however many times. <laughs> <laughs> so John, what, what happened when everyone started getting this email though, right? So it, it's it's hard to know for sure because I'll admit we haven't heard anything from the AT and T side. Uh -huh. um, no. I it really nothing. Radio silence. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go point it at Alex, the individual that was kind of dealing with this. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I'll be a megaphone because I think this is a wild story. Uh, <laughs> um, I tried to send an email to it to see, hey, can I see this in action? Um, and at that point, it got the subsystem delivery failed. I think they kind of yeah. remedied and fixed things. Um, but he and others, I think, were getting that same message failure for like an hour later. And I think it okay had a certain bog down and may very well have slowed down the servers. I don't yeah. I don't know for sure. Uh, yeah. So, okay, this is this is historic for being the first data breach that you can opt into. <laughs> Usually, you have to like opt out, but this one is like so. That's basically the upshot of it, right? Is that it's yeah. an anonymous email list, but if anyone that replies exposes their name, yeah, email signature, right. corporate whatever, so it's like. Yeah, I'd like to opt into this data breach. Let me reply with my witty remark. Is this uh, one of those cases where they didn't need an unsubscribe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. I did see uh, in the article that someone, uh, that people were starting to reply with like messages for their like YouTube channel or whatever it may be, right? Like trying to like advertise. With oh, yeah. Oh. If you so like a cell. If you would have thrown in like a web bug or uh, some type of tracking in there just real quick and seen just how, to see where it went. Just Ooh. to see how far of a distance all of the clicks were. Yeah. And have some more fun with it. So, okay. And then make so it a rickroll. Why not? Entire thing, like we we know that there's some technical failings in this, but a lot. is this pretty much where everything failed? Like <laughs> user awareness failed, the technical gateway filters failed. Like it mm. sounds like everything failed in this particular one or was there was there a silver lining they're like well and then they caught it and it was all good um i also I mean, love how the, the do not use it's like yeah some admin some exchange admins like someone hits this it's gonna be bad but they're like we'll just well we can't disable it so we'll just set it to do not use <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, the most interesting thing about this is that i read this that article and then i had just read about the senate 
also had the exact same problem, right? This is like classic government, except for in their problem, it was just somebody replying all like they had a distro list that you shouldn't be able to send to and then people start replying to. And in their case, typical of the government, it just crashed the email server. (laughs) They just couldn't send email at all, (laughs) which I've seen this happen multiple times with misconfigured exchange in the government, right? Um, I mean, well, it says it was a security test. What is is that? Like kind of like the Hawaii missile test? What does that mean? <laughs> oh my god! Oh, yeah, what, was that, two years ago now? what is a security test that targets the Senate? Also, test. how do you do scoping when you're like, all right, the targets are U.S. Senate. Like, what are you going to fish? What are you going to do? Oh gosh! Hey, I got these extra votes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Let's see who clicks. Hey-oh. So it looks like this is just a super easy fix, just literally a checkbox that you created the solution list. So you can also make it where, in both cases, you could have fixed this entirely right from the get-go, right? Especially Mm -hmm. with the um, distro list, you shouldn't be able to reply. You can just make it so you can't reply all to these or reply all to them. Um, So yeah, this is easy to fix. But it is funny when it happens, and I've just seen it happen. Like, you just kind of see it, and you're just getting these emails like, why, dude... The reason it's getting so bad is you keep replying. I don't see, understand. but I don't think that that's the silver lining. Like I'm trying to find a silver lining. <laughs> <laughs> right? like, the fact that, that it was, the fact no, no, no. Seven, lucky number seven. John, seven, the silver the silver vote. lining is our it's senators funny. can use email. Oh, that oh, is actually oh, the silver oh, lining. Oh, it's confirmed oh, now. I wow. still don't know if that's a silver lining, man. I still don't know if that's a silver lining. I don't know. Lining. Taking away their email probably is a better better way yeah. of going about things well i mean maybe somebody else sends the email <laughs> just go back to printing all of their emails print out everything out there. yes yeah exactly. you would you would be shocked and or amazed how that is like the de facto way that many senators run well i'm not because they were born before 1900 so <laughs> they're like where's the telex where's the telex how do i get my email yes. the, the average this, age of like is a... absolutely new to them john it's new to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So what other, I think we had those oh, first two stories. Go ahead. Some, yeah. good, some good iPhone stuff. Yeah, we've got all kinds of stuff. There's, there's, yeah, we can do some mobile stuff. I mean, there's also apparently fake Telegram apps. And like, this is, it feels like an article from 10 years ago. It's like, didn't Google solve this? Like with, with the whole like grep, run strings and grep for malware on apps. Like, is it that hard? Apparently it <laughs> yeah. is. Let's let's go to that one. Uh, the Telegram apps was that in the Android store where those came yeah, in? Yeah, again, it's there. always Android because Apple's like, uh, "Sorry, your app has to have a white glove treatment and be approved by one of our." <laughs> it's like a double uh, TSA know. kind of moment, right? With all the yeah. Apple. Oh, apps. No, oh no, the Android is the TSA. Apple's more like the VIP guy at the door of a popular bar. <laughs> you are as long as you tip him high. I, I, I want to bring in Jennifer because she's got a class starting up tomorrow. Is that right? Yeah. Freaking tomorrow. We got you on yes. today for a class tomorrow. Okay. So whatever we're talking <laughs> about, like, you know, you're teaching API security, right? And yes. the, 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 I, I always look at like mobile testing and API testing are very much like peanut butter and chocolate um, yes. or peanut butter and slightly chunkier peanut butter. Um, why? Like, okay. So whenever we're looking at like Android, why do you think that like that android ecosystem or why are these apps like it's so easy to upload malicious apps or so hard to do computer security in this app api space specific well one uh, as far as the least apis go uh one of the things that i have noticed uh more often than not after uh doing uh pen testing apis for several years is that sometimes people set up stuff that maybe they 
aren't super familiar with, for lack of better well, words. That's like and, using like an API yeah. library, right? Like, yes. When you use this library, you're going to use four calls on the API, but there's yeah. like 50 of them. And like, you know, four of those are like full admin access to absolutely yep. everything, right? That, and I think probably because in the grand scheme of things, especially with mobile apps, uh, this is something that I encountered, especially whenever I was in college and I was trying to teach like beginner, like computer courses is that we found a lot of people were just using their phones for everything, like writing essays or watching TV or uh, people are more and more reliant on their phones more than computers or TVs or anything mm -hmm. else. And so they're a really prime target for threat actors and the sheer number of people that are producing stuff for it also means that there's more well, uh, it, areas it, for. And it's not an easy platform to test, mm -hmm. right? Like anytime you get no. someone that's like, oh, well, it's super easy. All that you need to do is first set up a proxy, set up a VPN. Yep. Then you need to import the certificate in your specific device. And then you got to proxy all that traffic through Burp. And then it's mm -hmm. just like, mm, no, uh, like, you know, I'm setting something up with a class that we're using Corellium uh, for Android pen testing. I see Cameron uh, jumped off, but she's, she's one of the main authors of that. And it's just to get to the point where you can mm -hmm. actually start doing testing. And yes. even with like API testing, there's so many tests where they're like, well, it's running on this port, 54326 or something like that. And you're like, okay, I need your Swagger documentation. Yeah. I need some more uh, than that. And just getting what you need to do that testing is like yeah. pulling teeth in most situations. It is. And you know, there's been a lot of tests where I was lucky to even get like just the names of the endpoints. Like there was no documentation. I had to like brute force my way that. to figuring out yeah <laughs> yeah oh so and uh hackar said can't install custom ca on the newest android i don't know if that's true uh, if somebody could verify that i made the mistake and i switched over to iphone and i've been regretting it ever since so oh. well you shouldn't you, i mean honestly the question i have is how does this still happen like how have we not figured this out yet <laughs> it's crazy there's to too me. many apps there's too many apps that's the problem mm -hmm. why right. but 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 why why, why are, there are there too, too many, many apps? apps? If you're if you're Android, why be like, yeah, we could use another Telegram. We already have the one Telegram, but what about second Telegram? It's like no, it's called Telegram. <laughs> just don't let it. Like I don't know. Can't no, you just be like, this is the wait, one? Wait a minute. I can kind of answer that, but look at what happened with Reddit, right? Like, God help me. I'm talking about Reddit. Don't go there, kids. <laughs> but what happened with Reddit is Reddit had a bunch of third party Reddit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they decided that they were going to shut down the integration with a bunch of those Reddit apps. And I think that they're still rebelling on Reddit to this day, right? So it isn't, and then that gets into like the API thing, right? Like if you're going to use Reddit, use Reddit on your phone and people are like, but there's this app that still hooks into Reddit, mm. but it's way better. And yeah, you know, then yeah. that's how you get into these secondary telegrams, these secondary uh, Reddit things and all of that stuff that I think is just kind of insane. You're probably right. It's just funny to me that like you could make basically an exact like even just as a security, you know, analyst, anyone sitting in this discord or on this show could think of ways. Let's say if the icon is the exact same, maybe you just don't let it in or like <laughs> things like that. Like it wouldn't be that hard to write some heuristics for it. My guess is it's an AI and they don't know how to program. They don't like it went it screwed up and they don't know how because you know large whatever ai models are confusing and they're just like <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing with the youtube algorithm where it's like an abusive relationship where it's like hey you should have this right now and it's like what 
some guy drinking uh, malt liquor. I mean, I don't really need this in my feed, but thank you. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I have no yeah. idea, but it's just, it seems like a story from 10 years ago. You just throw malware in the Android store now, I guess. Yeah. I well, yeah. you get them yeah. in iOS as well. What about this uh, zero click iMessage exploit? Oh, that was a new one. Yeah. yeah. This one's NSO. That group. was a feature. Okay. That was a feature. They, they just had to turn it on. It just works. Works better. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, um, when did they fix this? It was, uh, what, couple, like last week, right? Uh, yeah, it was one of their emergency a, security patches. Yeah. Oh, a it has a cool summer, name, though, right? Yeah, it has a cool name. Cool name. LastPass. Is it sponsored by LastPass? TM? No, 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 because then it would definitely not work. <laughs> oh, no, it would work. It, it would just use ECB. Uh, no, oh, sorry. I'm sorry, that was a low blow. I got a, I got a question for y'all. How many z uh, clickless zero days do you think NSO has? Like how many deep? Do you think this is it? Or do you think six. that they had a couple? You think mm. they have six? Exactly six. six. Exactly. Yes. Now they're down to five or they went from now seven? Now they're down to five, but they're working on two more. Yeah. They always have six. It's just a constant six. Like, okay, we, we don't yeah. have six anymore. We need a new one. And then. Just imagine yeah, someone in? from Apple trying to buy a subscription to NSO Group. Like they got like a fake mustache. Like hello, yes, I'm a total <laughs> legit. Think it's about two this. people standing on each legit, other's shoulders. Like third world country <laughs> despotic dictator who would like to purchase your products. It's like, but you're wearing a turtleneck and jeans. We know who you are. You <laughs> live in San Jose. Yeah, you're coming from San Jose. No, 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 no. That's just the oh, VPN I use. I'm coming from Kazakhstan. Is nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, look to the bright side. Um, these are expensive exploits. So, um, not just anyone can get them. Only really bad people, right? Is there so been a what, was the, what was the actual exploit? I'm going to kick this over to John. Is there been a write-up of this exploit? For like a full write up of what it was actually exploiting. I mean, we got the CVEs for them. I am not aware of one personally, uh, but I mean, there very well could be. I just I haven't seen one. Oh my god, this is such a horrible article. It's this Citizen Lab, so this is like NSO group itself. level stuff. Yeah, like a nice yeah. technical analysis. Citizen Lab was looking at it. And they usually so do. It was an exploit in the pat or uh, what do you call it? There was an exploit in iMessage. It was an attachment as a photo pass right? kit. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, and then that uh, triggered the exploit. So, which it's you know, and I'm like trivializing this whole entire thing, you know, to make it sound like, oh yeah, you just you know do that. It's no big deal. Everyone, yeah, it's just simple. Yeah, yeah. It's super simple. It was not a few steps. But, yeah, a few steps. A few just steps. you know, yada yada yada. Zero click iPhone exploit. Yeah, and but then yeah. you can just read everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so no... I, I mean, okay. So I, I the was... reason why the reason why I'm harping on this is. Citizen Lab usually does really nice details on these things, uh -huh. um, and they haven't, which makes me kind of lean towards believing that there's probably more there. to it. What I mean by that is, like, if you remember whenever Java had vulnerabilities or Adobe had vulnerabilities, once they started going into, mm, like, yeah, Pandora's Decoder, box. yeah, it opens up yeah. Pandora's box, which makes me think that they've probably been communicating with Apple, and Apple's like, oh my god, pass kit or whatever it exploited is a total train wreck please so, don't do a write-up yeah, the emergency patches are specifically for actively exploited i don't know if that's like a hard requirement yeah. but i yep. think that's interestingly they also say that it would be prevented by lockdown mode which is kind of cool huh. so they have that sort of like they're like that's the fallback it's like end-to-end yeah. -end encryption or mfa or whatever where it's like yeah the exploit sucks but at least fallback mode or uh whatever it's called lockdown mode would Lock have detected so lockdown it. mode was 
just more 99.9% of the population does not use. Well, it's designed for like um, high journalists. Yeah, it's, it's design, it, but that's who's being targeted, dude. If you if someone's paying the NSL licensing fees, they're not targeting me. They're targeting like you know, you have Walmart, capitals. whatever. I don't know. But well, um, and, and the thing well, that gets me about this is, you know, the exploit itself is interesting, of course, like anytime there's a zero click, sure. but not enough people are talking about like what NSO group can do for targeting, yeah. like what through the work they're doing through malvertisements and being able to draw, like you can just say a circle around this particular building. And I want person that goes to these five websites. So even if you're like using burner phones, they can still like identify you relatively easily. As long yes. as you're like doing a, st a standard pattern of life that you normally have for the websites that you go to as well. Yeah, I Wasn't don't know the if last, anyone. Uh, Darknet Diaries. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Right? Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's just funny because the exploit he talks about in this sh that show, which is used by the Predator malware, which is kind of like the brother malware to the NSO group. Mm -hmm. But basically, uh, that one required you to click the link. So we've actually gone yeah. backwards. Uh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still zero click anytime. Like there's something bad under the hood that Apple's got to work on. Like I, I can almost guarantee you, like I said, if Citizen Lab isn't doing like a full write up and like doing full details, that means that they they're they're concerned enough to not release enough details so that people can do follow on exploits. Or so. they just don't want to get sued into oblivion by Apple. 50 50 chance. <laughs> you know, what's funny. Yeah. I don't know if Citizen Lab gives a shit <laughs> about that, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, maybe they they're do. Canadian. That, that's like their thing. They're like, we're Canadian. We can't get sued that hard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, what is it? Speaking of privacy um, and to pick on Apple one last time, they are banding the uh c csam um you guys remember that the no. on device csam detection thing yes. we talked about yes yes so this is scanning for like uh i think it's like child pornography or pornography oh, that. All right yeah where's the linky yeah. it's give us the link nine to five yeah here it is anyways um so yeah they're scanning for uh oh i see they're they're they've abandoned it because we, as we probably said on the news, I, I wish we could like go back and talk about when we talked about this. It was but... a privacy thing. Yeah. If yes, someone was editing but... the video, put the little transition with like the weird yeah, with sound the little icon and then also the bell and the subscribe and stuff. But anyways, uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing was the, uh, we, I'm sure we talked about this, but the reason they're stopping it is because they pretty much admitted that you could use this for anything. Right. So yeah. uh, as we kind of already knew, like you could just be like, oh, well, we're not going to do other kinds of like uh, targeting with this. So anyway, so and, and it's interesting because it kind of it, so I feel like it kind of makes them slope. backtrack on what they said, like yeah. implying, oh, it's device. It's on device only. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's not not centrally managed, but then they're dialing it back because it's too centrally managed and can be abused. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, well it, it I like their encryption too, because well, now they're making identifiers for certain kinds of content and then you can use it for other things. And then, you know, see, but this, this gets into like something we talked about briefly, or I talked about briefly at the beginning of the show with like government and what kind of tools and how that all works. And it's like, um, the, the, the thing that sticks out for me was the San Bernardino shootings back in 2015, right? Like mm -hmm. the week going up to like San Bernardino, everyone was talking about Facebook. Everyone was talking about privacy and how are we going to stay private and how are we going to protect ourselves online and all this stuff. San Bernardino attack happens. And if you remember, they were trying to break into their iPhones and I guess that they were coordinating and they were talking about the attack that they were going to do on Facebook and almost immediately all the talking heads uh, on like all the major news story uh, news sources were like, 
how come we don't have the ability in the government to actually see what they're saying on Facebook and track whenever terrorists are planning these types of things? And you seriously cannot have both, right? You cannot have a situation where you have the government that's monitoring everything to keep us safe and have privacy at the exact same time. Like, Well, you just need monitors who are monitoring the monitors. Yeah, then you just got an, yeah, another monitor the before too long, dude. It's, it's, the same thing. it's turtles all the way down. What's that? It's like, who's watching the watchers? Yes, yeah. You need at least six watchers to make sure everything's going. At least well, six. <laughs> yeah well six exploits six one watchers. yeah one exploit per watcher and then if they use it they have to sign a document that says i totally am authorized to do this check the uh, box that says other oh yeah oh mm -hmm. yes that we did talk about that the reasoning asdf box. reasoning yeah. was asdf uh -huh. yeah i mean so basically the, the news article exists because in a statement to wire app apple's director of user privacy and child safety which is someone's job title it's like, no, they that kid just fell over. I got this. Are, is your knee hurt? Party. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, it's basically they said it would inject the potential for a slippery slope of unintended consequences. Scanning for one type of content opens the door for bulk surveillance. Mm -hmm. um, I also think it probably doesn't play super nice with their end-to-end -end encryption that they put on, like, yeah, with enhanced privacy. We don't or read your data unless... Yeah, we don't read your data unless the government tells us we're allowed yeah. to. Yeah. So, anyways... Yeah. And it's kind of like there was a news story that came out, I think, this last week as well. I don't think it's in our thing where facial recognition software, where they literally just with what your phone and the camera, like Facebook and Google both had technology where you could walk around and scan people's faces and it would tell you who they are and basically pull posts from those people. And both Google and my uh, both Google and Facebook were like, oh, that's a line too far. And they but Amazon off. was like, hell yeah, we could yeah, monetize Amazon's this. Like, <laughs> Leroy Jenkins, this software development so, cycle. <laughs> so, okay, someone in chat, Ronner, Rainer, I don't know, said Rainer. the government can't even protect auth keys that are used to issue tokens from their own Office 365. This brings up, I don't know if we talked okay. about this on the news. Did we talk about this? That. I'm calling cap on that. Totally was not the government's fault. Yeah. So like that's what I wanted to bring up because I don't know if yeah. we covered it. Basically, Follow more on. details have come okay. out. And yes. someone can go find the link, but basically they said it, they thought it was from a memory dump or something. Yeah, a crash dump. Yeah. A crash dump that dumped to uh, like a lower security. I don't know how they got access to the crash dump. But that's again what like, I'm saying. It's like, what, like was it up, it's like, just take the whole memory Did, and like, these I, I I'm keys. thinking like Google Analytics. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, is it like yeah. the, the crash dump I, submits to like some third party? I don't know. <laughs> no, I thought I read that it was a um, employee got compromised, right? Yeah, was no. that it? Right? No, with I don't with Microsoft think. with the with the key. Not I now. Know. Now I got to go look for this article because I'm either making. We'll, this we'll up defer it to to Rainer Ronner. He he knows. He, he's on the he's on the ball. Did, he, they did clarify. It was unclear. It was uh, he slash I don't know your gender. But. Yeah, but the the point remains. Yeah, that's true. I'm not. His point is still valid, but just not in this situation. You know. Yeah. So Crash, dump, and burn. Yeah, totally. And yeah. And I, I have I have two things about this that I talked about on the webcast last week. The first thing is mad respect to the attackers. Like the the tenacity to be able to go through a crash dump and then pull certificates out of that crash dump. Like I just want you all to know from me to you, those of you in China, ni hao ma, wo ling, um, just chef's no, kiss. No, no, we can do that with Snapler, Don. It's super easy. No, I'm just, yeah. just just, just fantastic attack on behalf of Chinese hackers. My hat's mm -hmm. off to you. Well done. Well played. Not even mad. 
And then for the IR people that found that that's how the hackers got it, mm. also just nothing but top shelf. But shell the font IR. choice on this is pretty bad. You got to throw that out there. The what? The font choice uh, the is the hacker is smiling. Look at the yeah, cute little hacker. This is like whiteboard sands. That's what this is. Yeah. Like, no. but yeah, I, I will like say like unknown infection vector that always uh, makes me uncomfortable. Okay, not not to be like the guy that brings this up, but I have to like this makes me think about the pen testing model because like none of these companies are none of these threat actors are targeting like yeah we we uh scanned your IPv4 addresses like. <laughs> Every every yeah. threat actor now is like, who are your employees? We will compromise all of them and then look at all their stuff and eventually we'll get in. Like that seems to be the angle. Like I don't, I don't know. Just, just bringing it up. It? Is that what you're saying? What about automated pen testing? I thought automated pen testing platforms would be able to find <laughs> well, stuff. Well, like, if it's AI like, based, maybe. Clearly. Maybe if it's AI based. <laughs> yeah. Because clearly artificial intelligence pen testing isn't just running a Nessus scan, looking for criticals, cross-referencing it with Metasploit, and then trying to exploit things. Because that hasn't been that's done. what storm 0558 yeah. is doing oh, right now they're actually right, going right, through exploit db yeah. for uh nginx 2.6 or whatever all right so mm -hmm. i got some more clarity that's... here it was an employee compromise okay and mm -hmm. it was also a memory dump okay but again right. chef's kiss <laughs> yeah. well done. right right yeah but the 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 method is you just compromise as many employees as you can and eventually one of them is oh, going to have hold something on bad. here's the better part here's the better part as microsoft explained right this system right, that has access to this uh, signing certificate and stuff was not, it's like, it's like a walled garden, right? Like it's way, way off. It's not like I get access to this employee's workstation, I can get access to the system. But a couple of years ago, right, this system had a memory dump that was done and that, that was on this engineer's system. Right. So fantastic. Yes. So from there the was past, a fire two years ago yes. and that's why you had the file. Yes. That is so yes. brutal. Yes. Exactly. <sighs> So, yeah, it, it it reminds me we had a we had a test. I'm not going to say who the tester is to protect mm -hmm. them, uh, but they had this. Uh, I think it was like some conferencing system where there was a vulnerability where if you sent a malformed telnet packet to it, it actually dumped memory uh, as part of the response back, and you would have to run it again and again and again and again and again and again and kind of like Heartbleed, but for oh, telnet, yeah. good times. Different. And uh, you had to do this again and again and again. And he spent all week working on it, right? Because he knew that somewhere in that memory dump uh, from that data, that's the earliest vulnerability that I there. can think of is EtherLeak way, way, way back in like 2005. Uh, one of the first examples of these types of remote memory leak dumps. Mm -hmm. And I uh, worked on it, stressed on it, was just working so hard, so much progress is being made. And then he stopped talking to me about it completely for like two, three days. And I contacted him, I'm like, hey, how did that exploit go from that memory leak on that Telnet server? And he's like, oh, you know, I finally got it to work. And that was, that was, it, was it was good. I was like, but did you get the password for the Telnet server? He's like, yeah, yeah, I, I totally got the, uh, yeah, I found it. I found yeah. it. I'm like, what was the password? He's like, it was, it was password. As Yeah, but did it have a little at? I, I'm going to tell you that password was redacted in the report for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess also in this uh, in this breach, the dump, as in the memory dump, should have sanitized the password. But I guess there was an unknown race condition that prevented that from oh, working wow. properly. So, like, this is all kinds of like it's 
It's wild. Compounding. Like, yes, it's compounding and like things. Basically, that, they yeah. got really lucky. Their their ops mm-hmm. were good, but they mm-hmm. got really lucky, which that's how pen testing feels sometimes. You're like, yes. wait, yes. really? You guys just dumped your secret server into a spreadsheet and it's still here two years <laughs> later? All right. Like oh, sometimes yeah. I got down that one time actually. Is, <laughs> I actually had that. Oh, one yeah. Time. You, was, you have that spreadsheet? Yes. Oh, dear God. <laughs> we must have like, tested the same customer. Where did you find that? And I'm like, it's right here on the shared drive that I could use as a regular user. And he's like, can everybody see that? And they went and looked. Oh, like, my God. Yeah. I, they were I, so I mean, stressed. Yeah, we definitely did the same customer. We did the same. We were on the same pen test. I've had ones, too, where they just had, like, they did the a secrets manager dump and are they had done an audit before and they had all the NGLM yes. just in a text file and then you just yeah. tell them they're like what where oh my god you know <laughs> no, like, or they have the key pass but then they have key pass to password.txt yes. in the same directory the same test, i actually yeah. found we were able to get Real access stories. to some of the uh admins and they <sighs> they had their passwords saved in like word documents for their uh... password managers so that was, yeah. it was, it was a really fun report to write. That's awesome. I, so that, that I also think with this particular one, I just assume that there's a CISSP out there who calls themselves a CISP and doesn't know anything other than that. Who's like, well, this is actually a violation of the Bell LaPagula model that doesn't allow a higher security <laughs> context to write down. If they would have implemented proper security controls and you're just like, yep, yep, yep. Keep going. I'm going to like run now at this point. So, <laughs> so with that sort of like compounding thing where it's just, it's vigor on the attacker side, right? And they're they're relentless, but they also kind of got lucky with a few things that went wrong in a chain of I things, actually... right? It's kind of like, like Jennifer was saying with APIs and stuff, somebody implements something that they just don't know. And then it yeah. just kind of sits there. Yeah. Like they just I use web apps and APIs all the time. Is somebody did something, yep. built it as a proof of concept for that web app, and five years have gone by. Nobody's yep. touched that code yep. or that area. That is all. actually... You just actually look there and you find something. And Most of the stuff I find with APIs like that, and that that core concept is actually, uh, I'm giving a lot of talks in the next several months, and I say a lot, I'm talking like more than 10. Um, <laughs> I'm talking a lot, but uh, it's all kind of building up to something that I've been trying to share around the InfoSec community is, it's called the Swiss cheese model of error. And for people who aren't familiar with that in risk compliance and in industrial and medical fields. The Swiss cheese model of error is the idea that no layer of security is a hundred percent. They all have holes in them. And when catastrophe happen is when happens is when the Swiss cheese all lines up just right for mm-hmm. something to get through the holes. And like this is a really good example of that. Everything lined up just right Which, for yeah. that to work. And then they nailed the the bow shot right through all the hammer mm-hmm. or right through all the yes, axes. Exactly. Once again, right timing, Jeff right did. place. Yeah. So. Oh, I'd rather be lucky than smart. Hundred percent. I am. That's all I got. I'm just lucky, and it works for me. But so. and these and these are the types of scenarios that keep some of us on the blue team up all night as we're sitting there going, "Where is that stupid hole that somebody's going to find well, on the luckiest shot of them all? We know that it's there, and you can't convince." anybody in the higher ups that no there is no perfect security we're doing the best that we can and they're going well if we get breached you're in trouble and it keeps it keeps us up at night but mike i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna throw that around real quick because egypt has a quote uh see anytime anyone that's on the blue team that's like you know we have to be right 100 percent of the time and you know the attackers just have to be right once 
And his quote, I think is like the best one ever. He said, but as soon as the attacker breaks into your environment, that calculus changes, right? And with our red teams and our pen testers, it's a hundred percent true because now the red teamers have to be a hundred percent right, or they're going to get detected. And that's a beautiful thing. So that's kind of where our industry is now, where I'm talking to red teamers and they're like, you know, to thread the needle to get around all of these EDR products, it requires them running slow. It requires them being very quiet. It requires them to be very careful. And that's a good thing because up like five years ago, it was not that way. Mm -hmm. Like it was literally once you're in, you're like, you know, it was just like thing one and thing two running around, just smashing (laughs) absolutely everything and they wouldn't detect it. So improvements are being made. And I think that's because people like you are staying up at night, losing sleep. Yeah. And and don't get me wrong. I'm one of the types that I focus more on detection than prevention. Yep. I know prevention is going to go go around yeah, it. The detection—that's exactly what I'm talking about. Man, it's, right there. It's yeah. getting it's getting the higher ups to understand that the detection is as important, if not more important, than the prevention. You're going to get breached. The question is for how long, and the detection can take that dwell time down if done properly. I mm-hmm. want to say that that's getting better. I'm I'm, I'm saying that the higher ups. I believe, let me say, I believe that the higher ups and the vast majority of companies, if you're looking at the aggregate intelligence or InfoSec IQ of the management suite, it's going up. Um, I'm not saying it's high. I'm not saying it's wonderful, (laughs) but I think that more and more C-suite people, and I'd love to get some comments from the people on like YouTube and on Discord and all those places. What do you think? Do you think that your management, the management you're working with, the management you're seeing, do you think they get it? Um, I know that we are seeing it at Black Hills Information Security where they understand that for our SOC customers or they understand that from a pen testing perspective. Um, but once again, that might be selection bias on our part. So what do you all I, think? Yeah. Do you think it's getting yeah, better? I, I've seen, John, in more conversations when I'm talking with customers and the initial reaction when you're doing kind of like a rules of engagement call is like, no, we don't want to do this. We don't want to whitelist this. We don't want that. And once you've explained it to them, and they take that to their C-level execs that can actually make the decision to pursue a certain action in a test, I feel like more times than not, at least lately, they're more open to it. They're more open yeah. to understanding why it's more beneficial to do something one way and kind of overwrite the way they thought a pen test should be done. And they're, oh, they're 100%. Just like, in general. And I, one of the things that I've heard, and it's been, I've been on the red team side for a long time, so I don't know that much about normal pen testing, but on the red team side, we have customers like I think we just need to dispel the illusion that technical findings are different than incident response findings. Like if your security controls are bad, that's bad. But guess what? If you didn't react properly or detect it properly, that's even potentially worse, right? Like and I think C suites are realizing when you're looking at this Microsoft breach, I mean, who knows what the government's going to do? They're going to be like, "Well, our emails got hacked, so whatever. We're switching to Squirrel Mail." I don't know. But most people reading this will say, well, Microsoft got hacked, but they actually did really well at generating a really high quality write-up, detecting it, you know, eventually, like going back through all the logs and building this like crazy timeline and stuff. Like it's really about how you react. And that's where incident response stuff happens. Like the question isn't, did I guess the password? How bad is your password policy? Like, yeah, okay, we'll report it. But also when you change their password, did you detect the login event from a random vps somewhere or did you when you change their password did you also look at their consented apps or their like did you flip their other tokens or did you roll their local ad password or just their cloud or like all this other incident response stuff all that is findings it's not really something we're going to discover if we don't get into the environment and it's not really technical it's just basically we say you reacted you either reacted well or you reacted poorly and it's judgment on our side 
whether how we how well we think you reacted. That's part of a pen test now, at least from my perspective. And that's just like what this Microsoft thing is. The technical controls are problematic, maybe. We don't know about the walled garden. We don't know about like did did the machine have defender? Like, or did it have like what did it have? How did it how did it get popped? How did they get in? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But like I want to get some non-BHIS perspectives in. Um, uh, so Jennifer, what are, what are you saying? Uh, like, I really want to get some non because it's just kind of an echo chamber. But are you so, seeing that at Secure Ideas that yeah. a lot of companies are getting it? Yeah, I'm seeing that a lot more. Uh, so I've been pen testing uh, about seven years. I have no idea how long time has worked, but uh, I'm going to say about seven years, give or take. And since like the time that I've started uh, to now, uh, it, one thing that I really love on a pen test is when they detect me. And I'm like, hey, will you share this with me? We'll make sure to include it in the screenshot or the the report mm-hmm. because we want to show the areas where you guys did well, not just where you did bad. Uh, and it used to be that I would maybe get one or two times a year. They're like, oh, yeah, we caught this. We saw this. And then last week we had a pen test where we got uh, <clears throat> domain admin and they they caught it and had reached out to us within 30 minutes of us doing it. Oh. And I just love seeing stuff like that. I mean, I hate and that it, goes but also report, love it. Right. Like you yeah. guys report that and you're like, Hey, oh, absolutely. This is a gold star. Right. Yes. So, so John, I know that you, you, you guys don't do a lot of pen testing, but you definitely are like knee deep in security at Huntress with your com- customers and the people that you're working with. Are you seeing an improvement in like the C-suite and the executive suites and boards of directors? like understanding that concept of security of like, nah, there's probably going to be a breach. We're probably going to get hacked. And it's not like we got hacked. Whose head do I put on a spike? You know, I think so. I think there is still room for improvement, but there's been like serious forward motion. Um, I I guess kind of when I jumped into the MSP managed service provider space way back in 2020. So that's even like what, just three years, but we used to have like uh, security just wasn't a conversation because it was just like a checkbox. Like, Hey, whatever. Sure. We'll buy the thing and put it in the closet and it's good. Uh, But now uh, I think there is really, really great progress in just having it be the conversation. Uh, to well, with. and you now have conferences like Right of Boom that yeah. is MSP based, and it is absolutely focused on security and absolutely. you know putting that all together. And I, I don't know, like like three four years ago, whenever you were first starting, like you said, just in that short period of time frame, you're actually seeing like there's been an improvement in the MSPs that are more interested in security, right? The coolest thing for me, honestly, is just like their curiosity to try and understand and know more so they like know the severity or gravitas or like whatever because like sure it's one thing hey we can say bad thing happened malware over there and we do what we do right but if they want to see like well how did it what is it doing what did you see how did you find that where what's more of the story here and like that is so cool to me because for one thing look you're holding the security things accountable and you're interested and you're curious and you want to do and know more about it that is just one of the coolest i don't know signs of of forward motion to me and that curiosity is one of those things i think a lot of people in the infosec space when they looked at the msp space they're like yeah the msp people they're they just want big red button and they want to deal with it and that was kind of the 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 pattern and the theme for like me being in security side of the shop for 15 years and then i started working with you and andrew and a bunch of really really cool people in the msp community i'm like yeah that's not it's not what I'm seeing here. Like, like seriously, the MSP space, there's a lot of people that are just like really solid 
Um, like when we talk IR, a lot of people in the MSP space have probably done two to three times more incident response gigs than even IR people in security at like Mandiant, uh, just because they're ro rotating them through so fast as well. You guys want to talk about someone getting caught instead? Sure. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about getting caught. I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> All right. So uh, Quackbot <clears throat> got shut down and the FBI released a beautifully edited video not nearly as a uh, green screen um, as John's uh, work. Not that beautiful. Not that beautiful. But uh, yeah, so and they pretty much shut down their operation. So that's all over. And um, what is it called? Quackbot? I'm pretty yeah. sure that's how you'd pronounce that's the it. the name of the malware. Yeah. Yep. yep. And uh, the duck has been seized. Um, and they so, were playing Duck, Duck, Goose at their headquarters. And they yeah. found all the servers. <laughs> so they took down their infrastructure infrastructure. Uh, they identified over 700,000 infected computers, wow. um, including more than 200,000 in the United States. So they, uh, the uh, FBI uh, took control of the servers and instructed the infected computers to download an uninstaller file and removed the Quackbox malware um, from the computers. Um, yeah, kind of interesting. And then additionally, Troy Hunt put out... Um, the FBI it, gave him the data breach? Yes, oh, man, I'm so jealous. Data. So the <laughs> FBI gave him the data for Have I Been Pwned? And it's now searchable on Have I Been Pwned. Uh, That's so awesome. FBI. That awesome. Oh, man, I need to, yeah. you need to get that kind of like access where the FBI that. just gives me breaches. <laughs> White cyber dog is like, what about ducks? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'd like to see out of that is just even a, a categorization when they say 200,000 in the US, what industry does that sort of fall into? Mostly medical. Grandmothers. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's private citizens. Mostly grandmothers, mom and pop shops. I will well, tell you this. Like, seriously, the looking at the Steeler Logs data, which is what I do for, in my spare time because I hate myself, is it is majority home PCs. Yeah. I mean, yes, because yeah. the truth is, and, and a lot of these have screenshots attached to them. And the screenshot is always a text file open that says disable defender, step one, disable defender. Like it's, it's very, it, it is, it is what, like I've posted pictures of it jokingly in our red team chat and just been like, guys, we're overthinking this. Put a text file that says disable defender, execute payload, profit. Like that's basically what we're dealing with complexity wise, at least with Steeler malware. I don't know about Quackbot. I'll have to ask White Cyberduck. Um, but basically, <laughs> it's like, it's not, it's not like, I mean, the exposure to companies is like the exposure to companies from any of their employees being breached. It's there. But from my perspective, if you're participating in this botnet as a company, I mean, we probably don't even know about you. You're probably like a trucking, <laughs> you know, like just off the map. You don't really have like a big internet presence. So the other thing too, I think, uh, if we want to talk about uh, industries specifically, it's probably small businesses, ones that can't afford um, mm -hmm. hardly can afford IT, uh, you know, people, right. They just have a, a dude, uh, let alone security. Right. And maybe yeah. they'll only have four or five employees. Yeah. Right. But they're a super soft target and, you know, they work in, you know, Corey just joked around about trucking, right. Or just some industry that has nothing to do with IT, but guess mm -hmm. what? They still got emails. They still got to send invoices, all this. They still got to work. Yeah. And like a lot of those trucking companies, if they get shut down, that's yeah. well, bad. that's a whole when you, Yeah. When you go low enough down, everything is BYOD. Yeah, like yeah. it's just like oh, yeah. I, I have a computer okay. and now okay, I'm working. There's, there's my my question about this is you know if you can skim through this data and like you look at how I've been pwned, 
Have I been pwned? Has a bunch of data. A lot of that. Bring your own ducks. Thanks, John. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Completely knocked me off base. <laughs> but if you go, if you want to, if you're working hard enough, you can totally find people whose personal computers are compromised and correlate them back to the company that they work for. Oh, yeah. And then you can ride that back in, right? I mean, it's just an issue of like it's just putting in the effort to go through and do it. You know, and it's funny too, because of all these breaches and all this malware that is out there compromising all these systems, right? If you can get access to that and do a little bit of a search, you can start moving around your target and be like, oh, they work for this company or this company. It looks like an employee has been compromised. I can make my way there. And then now you get into what it's called initial access brokers, where they will do that, make that move and then sell that access off to someone else who monetizes it. So it's a whole, yeah. I mean, it's a whole marketplace out there for so these kind of things. Okay, so so kind of kind of on that note, right? Like you know, Corey was talking about we're going to have some blogs and some webcasts coming up on the CLOP data, and one of the things I think that is interesting about the research that you've already put in, and Corey, I'd like you to talk about this, is the fact that a lot of the data isn't easily searchable, and there's tools that reporters use to go through breach data, and it doesn't have visibility into certain data types, and they might be missing a lot more damage that was actually done than what is initially. Uh, reported. You want to talk a little bit about that in the last few minutes as kind of yeah. a teaser? Yeah. And I mean, definitely like the FBI is getting like God level access, right? They're probably like at the end of the day, it all boils down to like the botnets Postgres database or whatever it is that definitely has like everything. And that's probably when you go kick down doors and grab hard drives, that's probably what you're getting. But looking at it from the OSINT perspective with the CLOP data, it's just like dumps from file transfer appliances. So um, what I'm doing, and this is a terrible idea, but other people should be doing it too, is I'm loading it all into a tool called Aleph, which is a journalist tool that basically does OCR and other analysis on just any files. You can just throw anything at it. It'll, it could be a, you know, a backup of a server, or it could be a PDF or a spreadsheet or whatever. Crash dump of a CA server. It could be a crash <laughs> dump of a yeah an API <laughs> server uh, yeah, with a key in it. But it obviously it isn't perfect. But essentially, like. The number of emails you would get if you ran a text search versus like OCRing, I don't know, 50,000 PDFs and looking in that data, it's a completely different data set. So it kind of changes the script on how these data sets are analyzed, how we're doing them. From my perspective, I don't really know what I'm doing. But every time I go out and look and research and read books, no one else appears to know what they're doing either. And we're all just kind of winging it in this world of data breach analysis or OSINT or whatever. So it uh, really is just kind of a John fun little thing. John had a good question. Um, it's it's ALF data, A-L-E-P-H, like ALF1. Yeah, there is. Oh, a, it's, it's, it's something that most OSINT people would know because there is a public version of this software that has like Panama Papers, company registries, <laughs> like it, it's uh, which it's like, I think it's left.occrp.org or something. just lost John Hemmen for two weeks. John, I'll give you the, I'll give you access to the server. But yeah, basically, like, it, it's just I'm going in here and just being like, I don't know, let's look at some emails. And then I'm like, that was a bad idea. This is weird. <laughs> this is so many emails. <laughs> oh, By yeah. the way, I totally, as owner of BHIS, approve John looking at the data. <laughs> it, I like it. Yeah, this has turned into a work meeting now. now. Yeah, Sorry for all the podcast viewers. There's too much. There's too much. <laughs> no, no, data. that's the funny part, John, is that me and Corey are always debating about buying hard drives to score more. <laughs> I of already stuff. approved it yeah. for cloud. Like <laughs> you said, no, because we're all, last you know, week. Yeah, it's only like six hundred dollars a month, and I'm like, 
hit yes on that yeah that and and the data is public it is absolutely public uh so it's not like we're you know breaching our customers trust or whatever we've we've got to we've got to table that though but we've got to talk about that can we start with that next week because that gets into a uh, like a bigger issue when you have so many data breaches that if you get compromised it's now a mega data breach (laughs) like you know yes well that's yeah at what point do you before. have to start adhering to HIPAA and PCI? And <laughs> it's it's seriously like that's the, basically the working title of my blog post is like everyone is affected by this breach. Like I don't care who you are, in yeah. some way you're affected or what company you work for. Like every because it's just the size of it and all the different interconnections between companies. Like it is just it's brutal. But um, yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things. It's like the NSA capturing all of our data or whatever. It's like, how good are they at searching through it? Like, (laughs) can they actually find my pictures of my cats? Like, how did they encode it? How did like, is it like, I don't know. It just gets into all these crazy, like, you know, scenarios. And that's when you got to, they'll start targeting it and narrowing down what they're actually looking for. Like, there's no way they're going through all of that as they get it or capture it or anything like that. They have to like draw a circle and say, everybody who's kind of doing this thing down through that. And as further and further you go down the rabbit hole, then they start to find what they're looking for. I mean, yeah, it, yeah it's, it's, it's randomness as much as it is targeted. But so. the, yeah, and that's like the the crazy thing about data breaches is that like it's the same thing as anything else where the data is out there. It's just is anyone going to be able to find it? Is anyone like is how long would it take for someone to find your secret Instagram where you only post pictures of waffles or whatever and be like, this is them and they have all their secret info on here like. Uh, it could be done how yeah. much effort i don't know it's the same thing with all other security is it, there an undocumented api that would get me into your company probably it, how much yes. time will it take me to find it probably a lot long time all right how did you know about my secret waffle instagram uh, account we we didn't mean to <laughs> disclose it sorry Listen, i, I took, a, sorry about I took that. an osint class okay sorry <laughs> one. it was a good one all right. So let's wrap it up. I want to say thank you very much for Jennifer. Uh, we had BSD on for a little while. We got John as well. I just want to say, once again, this is brought to you by Black Hills Information Security. If you need a pen test, please check out BHIS. If you need two pen tests, do me a favor and check out Secure Ideas. Uh, Kevin and that, Kevin's like a brother from another mother. Um, what about like, seriously, like I, you know, I've cried with that man. We've been through hell together and uh, the company is absolutely top shelf. Uh, so please check out Secure Ideas and check out Jennifer's class. If you're looking for an API pen testing class that starts tomorrow, now is Sign up now. time to get set Find up those undocumented them. APIs. Yeah, find those the class. Go get them. And then also, John, um, as always, you could find him on YouTube, but you know who he is. But you already also, know. More importantly, let's talk about good companies as well. I absolutely love Huntress. And I'm not, they don't pay me a dime at all. But I want to call out that Huntress is an awesome, awesome company. I got to meet the CEO. He's super cool. Um, Great vibe from him as well. But if you want to see something cool and you're like, ah, what's this Huntress thing? I've been working in security and not so much in MSP. I've maybe seen some of their signs. Check out Huntress's Neighborhood Watch program. And they are truly on the front lines of trying to defend. We talk about who's watching the watchers. Huntress has got your back, folks. So go check out the Neighborhood Watch program. We absolutely love them. John, thank you so much for coming on. Jennifer, thanks you so much for coming on. BHIS folks, thanks for coming on. And Mike, as always, I really love you being here, man. Thank you so much. And with that, take us out with a crooked finger, Ryan. See you later, everybody.